Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We bless your name. We glorify you. We magnify you, Father, above everything. And we say, thank you for today. We bless your name, O God. We commit this meeting into your hands. We pray that you give me the spirit of wisdom, revelation, understanding, ability to to speak your words. Give me utterance, O Father. Give me the wisdom of the spirit to decode that which I have received from you, God. I don't claim to know too much. I completely submit to you, O Father, Father of glory. Hallelujah, to help me even at this time. I pray that the ears of those who are listening, hallelujah, be open, that they might be able to know the hope of their calling, that they might be able to understand, hallelujah, that you you alone are in charge, you are in control, and you have put this earth, this planet, into the hands of man. Help me, Father. Help us, O God, in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to say thank you to every single person that has uh, taken time out to um, um, come to this telecast. You're welcome to um, the Yahweh to Face conference. We are taking it gradually, day after day, uh, trying to see how... um, we can be able to be fully bold and qualified to um, to uh, stand face to face with you, O God, and not feel any form of uh, shame. Hallelujah. I'm reminded to have us look at the book of uh, Psalms, Psalms 24. Praise God. Uh, let's not forget that we are still on our Dominion series. We are still trying to decode what re- it really means to have dominion over all of the lost creation. Um, something struck me, um, and that which struck me is what is required from us, not just to have dominion, but also to have the capacity and the ability to replenish this earth. So it's expected that we can use the earth, hallelujah, we can uh, govern this space and see to it that we tend, hallelujah. Now, one thing I have also learned in my uh, walk with the Father is to take time out and study, understand the language in which the scriptures have been written. Uh, Try not to rely so much on English language because in the English language is very, very um, scanty form of communication. Uh, It's so scanty. Uh, I I prefer ancient uh, language (laughs) because um, they're usually pictorial. And they're also numeric. So uh, when I say numeric, I'm talking about being prophetic. Hallelujah. In content. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if we, if we are to go again to that, the book of uh, uh, Psalms, 
Praise the Lord. Uh, I, I believe that the Lord is so gracious and he uh, has done everything that is required to help us to have a hold, have an understanding of what he's trying to communicate to us. Because if you if you are sincere with yourself, you will know that he is so far away from us by intelligence. And not only that, by his um, genetic makeup, if I can uh, be allowed to even bring him down to that level. Hallelujah. I would be, you know, describing uh, him uh, on those kind of basis. Praise the Lord. Now, if you look at the book of Psalm uh, 24, yeah, before I continue, I was trying to say that he uses numbers, he uses pictures, and then uh, speech, okay, to communicate with us. So there's no nation, no, no people, no language that would ever stand before the Lord to say, I didn't understand you because he's made all things um, available and made it possible that everyone can and should uh, be able to understand when he speaks. I mean, if, if a donkey can hear, if uh, the, the fish, the waves, they can hear, then why would the man not be able to hear his creator? So looking at that book of Psalm 24, it says that the Lord, the earth is the Lord's and all is fullness. It says the, the world and those who dwell in it. So every single person is owned by the Lord. I'd like to repeat it again. It says that the earth is the Lord's. Okay. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, in its fullness. It says the world and those who dwell therein. So for he has founded it upon the seas, blessed be God, and has established it upon the waters. Praise God. Now, I, I, as I'm reading that verse 2, I'm seeing a whole lot here. It says that he has founded it, okay, upon the seas and has established it upon the waters. Praise God. Now, if you look at the book of uh, Peter, um, you would be able to have a clear understanding of what uh, this is actually saying. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, going back to uh, what I was reading earlier, it says, uh, let's hold on my, I don't know what's going on with my, uh, okay, let's see. So it says, in verse 3, it says, who may ascend into the holy hill of the Lord? Who may? Or who may have the audacity and the boldness to uh, stand in his holy place? Who? That's the question. Now, verse 4, now answer, it says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Praise God. And then he now continues to say that he who has not at any point in time, lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. For he shall receive blessing from the Lord. Now, a lot of times when people hear the word bless or blessing, what their mind goes to is money, uh, a gift or something like that, you know, you know, in a 
in the, in the um, natural terms or in our day-to-day -day, uh, terminology. But that's not actually what uh, that word blessed or blessing is. Praise God. Now, that word blessing, what it actually means is his nature, imparting his life and his nature into mankind. So I like to read again. Say, he shall receive blessing from the Lord. So it is only those who have not lifted up their soul to an idol and those who have not sworn deceitfully or those who have clean hands and a pure heart. So there's a qualification for that. Praise God. He says, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and then righteousness from the God of his salvation. Did you see? Verse 6, this is Yaakov or Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. Now, I wanted to come to this place where he says, those who seek him. Now, not everyone is interested in the Lord. Not every person. I mean, a lot of people would mention him. People don't consider who he is. They just mention him by passing. You know, they use him for proverbs and stuff like that. Some people even use him for a, as a curse word. I don't know how you can use a blessing for a curse word, but that's what people do. <laughs> you know. Here, it says, it is those who seek him. <clears throat> now, the main reason for some of these programs that we have is to help to ginger people, to help to encourage people to seek the face of their creator, to have an understanding that you can never, never, ever be successful in anything you do without your Lord. Now, you can have as much wealth, you can have as much riches, you can have as much power, whatever it is you think you can get. But I dare to say that without the Lord, you are nothing. Now, I'm not here to insult any person. I'm just here to deliver God's word. Okay, praise God. Here he says, it is only those who seek him and those who seek his face. Did you hear? Those who seek him and those who seek his face. It is only such people that he can deliver the blessing of his nature to. Praise God. Now, if you are able to come so close <coughs> as to see in his face, I dare say that you are really quite close. And it's not anyone who can have the audacity to approach the face of the Most High God. Praise God. Now, let's go back a bit to the book of Genesis. That is the book of beginnings. Why do I say that? Because in this Psalm 24, it starts by saying that the earth is the Lord's. So he's the owner of the whole earth. You don't own it. I don't own it. 
I didn't even know about it. I came to meet the earth. Praise God. I remember I was discussing with my son a few days ago, maybe, yeah, a few days ago. And he was reminding me of something I had mentioned before. Okay. Or some things that we, both of us have been talking about, you know, and he was making reference to somewhere else where he had heard what we have been talking about. Now, this earth is a space or real estate that the Lord himself has created. And he created it for specific reasons. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Now, I see the earth as a gateway to the heavens. That is one. I also see the earth as a place uh, for priesthood. Okay? For priesthood, as a place where offerings and sacrifices and uh, spiritual um, incense or prayers are sent forth to the Father. Blessed be God. I see the earth as this focus of the whole of the universe. So this earth is a place that we should take time out to pay attention and see exactly, study it and see how best we can make uh, use of what the Father or the Lord had put in or at the disposal of man. Before we go to Genesis, let's read the book of Psalm again, Psalm 8. Praise God. Uh, Psalm 8. Hallelujah. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Did you see that? How excellent is your name in all the earth. And I, and I continues and says, who, who have set your glory above the heavens? Now, verse 2, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Now, verse 3 now says, when I consider the works of your hands, the heavens, the works of your hands, the moon, the stars, okay, which you have ordained. He says, what is man that you have, you are mindful of him and the son of man that you have visited him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and then you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. <coughs> and you have put all things under his feet. And that continues in verse 7 to say, All sheep, all oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Praise God. Now, here we see that the Lord actually created the earth and put man in charge. Genesis chapter 1 tells us this. If we look at the verse 26, all right, anyone who has been listening to me would always see me make reference to this particular verse. Hallelujah. Now, it says, let us make man 
in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And he blessed them. And then he said, be fruitful. Okay? Now, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Now, if we are to break that 28 apart, you see, it says that he blessed them. So he, there was an impartation of blessing. Now, um, I understand or I know that uh, you would say, oh, this was what he gave to Adam, or this was the blessing that he blessed Adam and blessed Eve. Okay, now that's true. But somehow, somehow, I still see this aspect in process. Praise God. What am I saying? The as, uh, aspect of fruitfulness, the aspect of multiplying, okay, the, uh, and filling the earth, the as, uh, aspect of subduing the earth, okay, and then having dominion. Now, uh, in the past teachings, I had mentioned that, I mean, like right now, we are in election season, and there are lots of people who have uh, vying for different positions and stuff like that. Now, I know, and I have, I, I, don't, I don't mean to accuse anyone, I know there are not many people who want to come into positions of authority. Not many people have the, um, the wisdom to seek the face of the Father. And the Bible tells us that promotion does not come from any man. Doesn't come from the north, from, from, it doesn't come from the east or south. Promotion comes from the north. Promotion comes from God. So if there is anyone who wants to rise up or move up in any, pos in any, any uh, uh, place of authority where you are actually supposed to receive the authority the audacity, the approval is from the Father. Praise the Lord. It's from the Father, not from any other source, but from Almighty God. Now, um, you might say, I have my opinion, and I agree, I have my opinion. But I'm not talking about my opinion only. I'm also talking about God's opinion. Praise God. So here you see that the one who blessed is the Father. And when he blessed, he said, be fruitful. Now, if you see the word fruitful, your mind might go to, you know, having babies and having children. That's, that's okay by itself. But I perceive that this being fruitful is talking about being fruitful in the nature of God. Being fruitful in following the Lord and growing in his Okay, growing in his nature and not just living a life as if you are not conscious of the fact that you have been created by a being. Okay, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Blessed be God. It says be fruitful. Now, if you are to go to the book of John, the book of Johanan, chapter 15, all right, you see where Yeshua says that we should be fruitful. Fruitfulness is something that God demands from every single man. I see a whole lot of people who go about their day-to-day living and nobody ever considers that aspect of fruitfulness. But here, it's a demand. The father said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Praise God. Now, if I'm to continue on this particular verse, we would see that it says to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. Praise God. Now, he makes another reference. He says, See, I have given to you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. Every tree whose fruit yields seed, it says, to you it shall be food. Now, when you are studying prophetically, it's important to be careful to lean on the person of the Spirit of God and not allow yourself to be carried away, like I said, by just the simple English language. Because here he's saying, see, I have given to you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed. And it says, to you it shall be for food. Praise the Lord. Now, if you continue on and on and on, you see other aspects. Okay? Praise God. Now, but by the time you move from Genesis chapter 1, to Genesis chapter 2, you see where it says in verse 1 that the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. That is the creation. And now continues and says that on the seventh day, God ended his own works, which he had done, And he rested on that seventh day from all the work which he had done. Now verse 3 says that God blessed the seventh day. And he sanctified it or separated it. Made it holy. Okay. And that says the reason why he did that is because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now, the question I want to ask is this. Why would God on the first day, okay, create? 
Second day, he created. Third day, he created. Fourth day, he created. Fifth day, he created. And then on the sixth day, he also created. Okay? Now, after the sixth day, it's important to note that uh, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five were separated or were prepared for day six. Because after day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and day six, it tells us that God created man in his own image. So the number six is the number of man, okay? Praise the Lord. Remember I had mentioned that in Jewish writings or in ancient writings that um, numbers or um, words also have numbers that they stand for, okay? Praise the Lord. So we see that on the sixth day, God created man. Hallelujah. And then after creating man on the sixth day, the Bible now tells us that his work was completed. Can you see? Now, on the seventh day, it now tells us that God now rested. Okay? Now, that word rest is very important because when we see the word rest, a lot of times we think of maybe sleeping, okay, and relaxing. But the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, I believe Psalm 127, I hope I'm correct, it will tell us that um, he that watches over you neither sleeps nor slumbers. So which means that rest is not rest the way we think of rest, okay? That rest is something that is different. That rest is something that is holy. That rest is something that has to do with everything under the control of the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. I might, if you permit me, say that rest is also a time when man would have come to full maturity, okay, and then man would have submitted wholly to the Father, okay, and then man would have prepared himself to receive the Father, and the Father would find a place of rest inside of a man. Praise God. Now, what is it that I'm saying here? If you permit us, take a quick dash to the book of Matthew chapter 11. <clears throat> if you look at verse 28, it tells us this. It says, Matthew chapter 11, verse 20, it says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Now, listen. Come. So the father is beckoning, okay? Come to me, all right? All you who labor 
Do you see? Now, remember that the Lord himself was also laboring. Now he's saying, those of you who are laboring, he says, come to me. Okay? Those who are heavily laden, you are carrying the weight of flesh. You are carrying the weight of the nature of the old man. You are carrying the whole lot upon you. He says, when you come, he says, I will give you rest. So I see a journey. Okay? Man journeying to the father or to the son. And then the father and the son journeying to collide with man. And when that unity, when that union forms, finally, the father will have found a place of rest. I remember one time, the uh, one of uh, the people that were following Yeshua said, oh, I will follow you to your house. And Yeshua said, look around you. <coughs> Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. He said, but the son of man does not have any place to lay his head. Why? Because his home has actually been preoccupied by foxes and by birds, and these are spirits. Now, these spirits, what they do is that they fill man with different kinds of weight, okay, and labor, which on, in, in its entirety are just vain and vanity. And the purpose of all that is to deprive mankind from coming to union with his creator. Praise the Lord. Now, let's continue in verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you, okay? And learn from me. Learn from me. It says, for I am gentle, and lowly in heart. Now it now continues and says, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, if uh, you and I are to look very critically, coming down and looking into a whole lot of situations. Praise God. Recently, I was uh, I went somewhere with my wife to some kind of function. And by the time she finished seeing how people were dancing and, you know, jubilating under some very loud music, she just looked at me and said, honey, uh, there's nothing pleasant in this world. I said, of course. So because the world, what it does is that it actually feeds you with things that seems to be all that is required. But at the end of the day, you find out that you just spent out your whole energy and it, you, your life just keeps fizzling away. Without any substance, you cannot be able to hold on to anything and say, this is what I have received. I have added a statue. I have, there's a progress, there's an upgrade hallelujah, in my life. But rather, we keep spending our lives 
and spending it and spending it and you know wasting it away. And at the end of the day, we just like Solomon would say, vanity plus vanity, all is vanity. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. So coming back to this book of Genesis chapter 2, it says that the father, Yahovah, blessed, verse 3, blessed the seventh day. Now, I've always said this, that in Jewish writings, they don't have a name like moon day. Okay? Like today, it's a moon day. Or, or uh, Tuesday. Or Wednesday. Or the day of Thor, or Friday, or Saturn's day. <laughs> and then finally, sun's the day of the sun. You know, uh, in Jewish writings, you don't see that. Rather, you see numbers. First day, second day, third day. And here we see that scripture talks very clearly in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 2 that on the seventh day the father sanctified it or separated it made it apart and then he rested from all his work which he has created and made praise the Lord now if you look closely and if I'm to make reference to what I was discussing with my son Praise the Lord. That this earth by itself. Now, I know science will say, oh, it's scientific. But I dare say it is not. Rather, it is spiritual and it's priestly. And what we were discussing, we came to a conclusion that the earth is actually God's tabernacle. Okay. God's tabernacle, because it is from the dust of the earth that he made man, all right? And in making man, uh, please pay attention to what I'm trying to say here. He pulled out man, okay, from the dust of the earth. Now, it's a good point to note that the dust of the earth is not only the sand. The dust of the earth are components from different planets and different uh, of the physical body of this uh, universe that we see, okay? And they come in, in, uh, in uh, they, they are, uh, or he brought all those aspects, okay? of the different uh, parts of this physical universe so that man can be able to move from one part to another. Man can be able to have a claim over those areas and those aspects of this physical um, universe that we see. I hope I'm trying. I'm making some sense here. Hallelujah. I would be bold enough to say that there's a connection, okay, between this man, that is the 
physical man and the earth or all the systems, the planetary systems. I hope you're here. Uh, there's a reason why men are daring to go to the moon, daring to try to go to different planets, but they're doing it physically. Uh, what I would expect is that as we begin to engage our priesthood, as we begin to engage our priesthood, as we begin to come into that place of authority where, or that place of responsibility where we now are in agreement with the Father, okay, we would be able to move to different locations where there might be some kind of disorder and put things in order. Now, I know you will say, how does it, con I mean, how does it concern uh, us? Or uh, you want to say that, uh, isn't that uh, being too bogus or going out of line or outlandish? I know you would want to say that. And I, I don't blame you. But would you know, or would you agree with me, that there was a time when the, the son, Yeshua, was walking upon the waters. How did he do that? There was a time when he spoke to the waves and the seas and the wind. And when he spoke to the seas and the winds, they obeyed him. How and how possible it is, what authority and what kind of audacity does he have? I perceive that he has reached a particular position of sonship. Okay? What you call the son of God. He has grown, the Bible tells us that he, I think in this book of Hebrews, that he learned obedience from or by the things that he suffered. So he learned and obeyed and obeyed the Father until he got to a place where he completely obeyed the Father. All right? And because of that, he was placed in a position of authority over all the works of his hands. You see that in the book of Psalm 8. Okay? Now, you and I also, now, uh, the call and most of the teachings that we're going to be doing this, this season is to um, walk with one another in actually exposing our spirituality not the way we have always known it, but in its full uh, potential or in uh, 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 its full, you know, uh, how it ought to be, okay? In its entirety, all right? Because we have not seen or had any reference points 
the tendency for us to imagine how spirituality or spirit things should be. Because we, we would tend to, you know, coin those ideas from our minds. We would always, if we do so, we would always make major mega mistakes and we'll be far away from the truth. But when we begin to yield to the spirit of wisdom and revelation, engaging the spirit of God, he will begin to guide us by his spirit and by the word. Okay? And the purpose of, because I know people would say, uh, what consensus? But it does because that is actually God's intention. And that is actually the demand or the mandate that was placed on man to take dominion over all his creation. Psalm 8 clearly states for us the sun, the moon, the stars. Now, what we have seen is mankind plundering the resources that have been put here on planet Earth, and we have no clue what it is for. Rather, we plunder it for our own greed and our own selfishness without seeking to find out from the person who put the resources, like gold. Like all the, you know, I, I just heard in the northern part of my country, uh, a, a, a particular uh, mineral or a product that is called Californium. Okay? Now, and I heard that that thing just for an ounce or so is about $27 million. Now, how God, I, I, I don't even understand God because there are resources that are being discovered under the earth in my country, Nigeria, in other parts of Africa, I don't even understand. And it would seem as if they are coming out more and more in abundance. And those who are gaining access to it are those who don't understand what it is for. And those who are supposed to use them, those who are supposed to, those who are supposed to have understanding of what these things are for, are busy playing church. Now, I try not to accuse any person. I just try to say what I see. I, I dare say that there's a whole lot of our priesthood that we have not engaged in. I dare say that there's a whole lot of our um, royalty that we have not engaged in. And the time has come when man will begin to respond to our spirituality in the way the Father expects us to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> There's a, a, one aspect I would like to um, bring to our notice. Okay. Uh, Let me see if I can be able to pick that now. I perceive that's where it, uh, it was 
talking about uh, just before the creation of the woman, okay, uh, where it says that um, there was no, um, there was no help meet, okay, there was no help that help uh, and no help that was fit for him. And then after saying that, he now said that uh, he created uh, different, let's see. Uh, okay, let's see. Let me see verse chapter two, verse 20. Let's see. Aha, uh -huh. thank you, Francis. Um, Genesis chapter two, from uh, verse 18. <clears throat> it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now that's what he said in verse 18. All right? Now, but look at what he said in verse 19. In verse 19 of Genesis chapter 2, he says that out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, okay? And he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. And verse 29 says that he gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field, but to Adam, or but for Adam, there was still no helper found to be comparable to him. Now, it's important to note this. Look at verse 17, uh, verse 18. It says, it is not good for man to be alone. Okay, and then verse 19, he begins to create. So what is this saying? Why is he doing that? Okay. I dare say that all of creation is actually meant to answer to man. All of creation is meant to sub submit to man. And man is supposed to subdue, have dominion. Okay, but the problem is that the man we have right now has not taken time to move into his or her place of authority. And because of that, we don't have dominion. Recently, my son was telling me that even in the ocean, there are parts of the ocean that science has not been bold enough to go and conquer. And it's a wide and vast expanse of, of a seashore, a, a seabed. Even the earth, there are vast areas of land that man has not been bold enough. I, I, I'm sure we know that there are habitable parts of this earth and there are also uh, other parts of the earth that are not habitable. Praise the Lord. So 
habitable or not habitable? We are supposed to because of the authority that we have been given, which we have not yet had the boldness to get into because we have not, we are not yet ready to spend time, dedication, gatekeeping, priesthood. We are not yet. We are still playing around with all the distractions of entertainment and, and uh, all the different kinds of uh, 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 pleasantries of things that are pleasant to the eyes and things that are pleasant to the flesh and then the kind of pride of life. I like to say it again, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, no, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and then the pride of life. Now, these three key components Part of deception is what has kept man from its from attaining the fullness of what God has actually made available to us. And because of the fall, we have restricted our mind and our reasonings to those areas that are peripheral. But we are supposed to go into deep meditations. I mean, there are people who are into the occult that spend so much time in meditation, but for what purpose? To grow in rank. Okay, for what purpose? For wealth, maybe? For what purpose? For, for control over fellow human beings. And man is not supposed to have dominion over human beings. Man is supposed to have dominion over all other creation. And the governors are supposed to be mankind. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Praise God. Now, I don't want this to distract my attention because we're almost running up. But the truth of the matter is this, that man is to submit one to another. So if I'm submitted to you and you are submitted to me, so where do we find who the ruler and the leader is? Can you see? So there's a whole lot of thinking. There's a whole lot of meditation that you and I are supposed to take time out to address, you know, look into, to be able to put things in their proper perspective so that we can be able to begin to govern the earth even as the Father expects for us to. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Now, look at this. Remember, I had mentioned in Genesis chapter 2, that the Lord said it is not good for man to be alone. Okay? He now says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. That's what he said in verse 18. But in verse 19, we see him making, uh, uh, forming other beasts of the field and birds of the air. Okay? And then bringing them to Adam, all right, to uh to uh, to name, okay? Now, and it's also important for us to take note that at this time, Eve was inside the man. Did you see? In verse 20, uh, verse 20 Eve was inside the man. So the man that was naming all these animals 
okay? And if I'm if I'm making a mistake, please, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm willing to take corrections, okay? But here you see that uh, verse 21 has not come to pass. So we see that still in verse 20, Adam was naming all the, all the animals, all the creatures. So while he was naming, Eve was inside of him. Can you see that? Now in verse 21, or that verse 20, after he had finished, God was still saying, but for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Can you see? Now verse 21 now starts telling us that the Lord now caused a deep sleep, which is prophetic, to fall upon Adam and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, it is from there that he made the body of the woman. I say he made the body of the woman. Because if you go back, you see where he said, male and female created he uh, them. Okay? Hallelujah. So in earlier uh, verses, he had mentioned that he has created man and woman. Okay? So here, he's not telling us that he brought the woman to the man. And then Adam now said, now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, all right, Isha in the Hebrew language, Isha, okay? Praise the Lord. That is to say woman. And then he now says, because she was taken from out of man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, we were born, the book of John tells us, not of flesh, not of the will of man, not even of blood, John chapter 1, but we were born of God. Can you see? Praise the Lord. Now, how were we born? We were born by the activity of our Lord and Savior Yeshua upon the cross. And that is what you see here. That's the prof prophetic um, uh, uh, drama, if I can say that, we see here, it now says in verse 24, therefore shall the man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now this, permit me to say, this is where man and divinity become one. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Now, Go, take, go with me to uh, Romans chapter 8. And this is um, where we would call it a day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It tells us this in verse 14. It says, Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So if you ever want to come to some ship, submitting to the person of the Spirit of God is what is key for you. Hallelujah. For we have not, or we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but we have received the spirit of adoption by which we call Abba, Father. Now, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, we are heirs. And if we are heirs, we are joint heirs with the Messiah. And if indeed we suffer with him, of a truth, we would be glorified together. Now, verse 18 is where we're going. It says, for I have, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is a suffering of this present time. And that suffering, we have to willingly go through it because it says that it cannot in any way be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us at the time. Verse 19, for the next expectation of all creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the whole of creation is subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him that subjected it in hope. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know, verse 22, that the whole of creation is groaning, lamenting in pain, in labor pains and labor pangs to get up to now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Child of God, the time for us to come into that place where the Father expects us to begin to rule and to govern. The time has come. And the time where we have to begin to focus more on our priesthood and our kingship, the time has come. And it's my prayer that we, you and I, begin to address these issues very, very seriously. Begin to cut down on our times of entertainment. Begin to cut down on our times of casual living and begin to step-by-step step, gradually engage our priesthood, our spirituality, our kingship. Hallelujah. If you have any questions, I'll be willing to answer. Uh, if you don't have, then if you have your communion, let's um, access the Lord's table. Because if we have any questions, if you, can, you can just write it down if there's anyone who has any questions, please. Is there any questions from anybody, please? No questions? Okay, no question. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Let's take up the bread. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We bless your name. We glorify your name and magnify you, God. We thank you, Father, for the bread. Hallelujah. The bread which represents your body, which was broken for us. Hallelujah. So we should take and eat. 
scriptures tells us that after he, he had supped with his disciples, he took the wine as a representation of his blood. He said, this is the blood of the new and everlasting covenant that was shed for me and for many. Hallelujah. Take drink. Hallelujah. You may take, Father, I will ask you to bless the bread and the wine. In Yeshua's name, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Uh, thank you for watching today. And I hope that you would uh, do your own personal studies. Okay. And um, tomorrow we have an uh, open book. My wife will be ministering tomorrow. I would encourage us to uh, join. Uh, join our 6 a.m. prayers because we're in a conference uh, mode. Um, the conference is uh, praying and fasting and then teachings in the evening. Um, so tomorrow, my wife will be uh, ministering uh, from 8 o'clock, uh, open book. And then um, in the morning, same tomorrow, we have uh, morning prayers from 6 a.m. till 7. By 7, we're going to pray for the nation, Nigeria. And then by uh, 3 p.m., 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., we have prayers also in the afternoons. And then by evening, tomorrow is uh, open book. Please try and join. It's very important for us to uh, be of one mind. Hallelujah. Because the call is for every one of us, not for a few. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>